In the words of Public Enemies, Chuck D. Bring the noise. Fifth Element Podcast Network. I am Charlie Taylor, and this, this is what's good. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hope everybody's had a good week. My week. How's my week been? It's, it's been okay. It's been an okay week. Um, I'm still trying to uh, get used to the head, the earphone situation. Um, I recently, I, I literally just uh, copped some new ones yesterday. Got them today. And uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I can't get past it. I, I miss my Sennheisers, ladies and gentlemen. I miss my Sennheisers. I'm, I'm not an audiophile by any means, but it, I, I do miss it. I, I miss the high quality. Like it's the Sennheisers I had were the best earphones I've ever had. And for those that don't know, I am not a headphone guy. I'm not a headphone guy. Whether it's the studio, like studios ones, whether it's like over ear or the one that sit, sits pork pie-esque on the, on, on the ear, I hate those, and I just don't do headphones in general, because, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy them, they, they, they make my ears hot, they make my ears hot, and then, like, after 10 minutes, they feel sweaty, it's just, it don't, it don't feel right, it don't feel right, so, earphones are my thing, and, you know, over the, you know, over the years, I've had many, but, uh, the Sennheisers have been the best so far, and, uh, now that they died, uh, it, it's been like a week, and I'm still warded. So I haven't even, I haven't even like got rid of them yet. They're still, still sitting there. They're still sitting there on their box next to me, um, on the right of me. But um, anyway, other than that, it's all good. Uh, still writing, still doing things. Uh, got a, a um, in Fifth Element things. I've got a uh, uh, review of on my block season two coming. Uh, still, still watching that. I'm still. Still trying to get through that. I'm I'm not really a person for binging. Uh, I, don't, I don't really enjoy that kind of thing. Um, it's not my enjoyment. It's just a matter of mood. I'm never really actually in the mood to like watch one thing for for hours upon hours. You know what I mean? So it's something I have to get used to. But uh, anyway, formalities before we start the show. Of course, email, Twitter, IG, Facebook is all there in the description box below. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Let's get into the show. In the week, in a week, where Top Boy Season 3 trailer dropped. Super hype, super hyped about that. I've been waiting for that for years. You have no idea how much I loved Top Boy back in the day. It was such a, it was such a show, such a boss show. It was such a boss show during my high school years. I loved it. And, you know, now that it's coming back on Netflix, I'm so hyped for that. And also in a week where over 6 million people probably 7 million by now, probably, I don't know, uh, signed the UK government petition to revoke Article 50, only for it to be rejected. Like, I think we all got that email, if we, if any of you uh, signed that petition with me. Um, yeah, so, we ain't talking about no uh, government stuff at the moment, we are going to be uh, talking about uh, some other things. And we shall start with, uh, let's start with music, okay, because um, this is a story that, hasn't been covered much. I've only seen it a couple of times. Uh, I've, only, I've only seen it on uh, uh, via uh, on this day in hip hop. Shout out to shout out to uh, them guys over there. And 
once I saw it, I was watching it, and um, it's basically MC Sean, legendary MC, uh, New York, you know, just Juice Crew, absolute legend. And he he goes on a tirade, right? He goes on a tirade, and basically he says, fuck hip-hop. Now, let's give me let's give some uh, context to that, because obviously just saying fuck hip-hop is very blunt and very... Uh, <laughs> it's that. It's just that. It's very blunt. So uh, let's let's get into this. This is from um, this is from a, a Vlad TV article. I, I know, I know. I'm not, I'm not a fan of Vlad TV. I find him a bit of a vulture, a, a bit of a leech. However you want to, however you want to slice it. I'm not really a fan of Vlad TV. But when I when I was trying to look up for links, this is the only one that had it. So Vlad TV it is. Anyway, let's get into it. Uh, Ledry MC Sean, uh, MC Sean had uh, some time this morning when he took to IG to share how he really feels about hip hop, specifically the business side that he says doesn't compare to successful acts in other genres. The Queensbridge legend dedicated ten video posts on Instagram to the shady business business of hip hop, with two other posts focused on fake friends and not tricking on women. And during his self-described rant, he said he quote never made a dime of hip-hop other than uh, some show money. Quote, I want to say I love the fans of hip-hop. I appreciate y'all, and y'all made me who I am, said MC Sean to the set, set the record straight. Quote, but as far as I'm concerned, fuck hip-hop. Hip-hop don't love us. From there, he points out that other artists like Barbara Streisand and Bruce Springsteen don't have the uh, don't have to continue to tour to make money and pay bills, noting that their business was set straight as opposed to him and his peers. Hip hop jerked us; it took every dime that they could find uh, that wasn't nailed down. Dot dot dot. So I'm really on some uh, fuck hip hop shit. Not the fans, but the business of hip hop. So you can suck my dick with that shit and uh, nigger. Um, moments later, MC Shan elaborated on the subject by saying he could never depend on the art form to feed his family while sending out a warning to new artists to make sure their situation isn't the same. Additionally, he said that he didn't expect anyone else to stand with him. However, he said he was fine with talking, uh, taking the bullet for all of us. He then concluded his thoughts by writing... Uh, in all caps, I won't scream, but it's in all caps, just for context. This is not the first rant you're seeing me on. Don't act surprised, and it won't be the last. Kill me for trying to teach you something. Meanwhile, thus far, it doesn't appear anyone notable names any any no, anyone notable names in hip hop have addressed his statements. So I'm not a noble name in hip hop, but I will address his statements. <laughs> um, this um. This has actually been on my mind for actually a while, to be honest. And I'll actually get a, I'll get much more into this when we get into the life segment because actually they both connect in a way of how I'm going to talk about both um, in the music and the life segment, which is well the, life, the music segment we're in now. But um, I've been thinking about this for a while, for 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 a good month or so, where. I am constantly in a a dilemma uh, when it comes to hip hop sometimes because as much as I love the genre and I love the culture, the lifestyle, the fifth elements, the five elements, obviously, 
as much as I love it, as much as I love all of that, and I love the music, and I love the way it's being, um, and I love the way it's been nurtured as an art form over the years, I can't say with complete um, conviction that hip-hop has been good to the people that pioneered. You know, it's interesting that, you know, they mentioned people like Barbara Streisand and Bruce Springsteen because I agree, they don't have to, they don't have to do with it, they don't have to tour, they don't have to do anything, like, they, they're good for life, but they do tour, them them two specifically, they still do tour, I mean, I, th- I think I saw an ad for a, uh, I think Barbara Streisand's coming to London for British Summertime in Hyde Park this year, so, so you know, it's, um, she's still going, but she doesn't have to. For people like MC Shan and, you know, other old school artists in his era, they have to do it to put food on the table. Um, and that is, that's, there's something wrong there. There's there's genuinely something wrong where we can and we can say that you know it's um it's just because hip hop is more of a um, is a younger genre younger genre compared to you know others you know singing isn't singing isn't you know a, a singing isn't fifty years old you know what I mean singing's a, a staple in human life, you know what I mean, when was it? who who sang first, you know what I mean, way back, you know, so singing and, you know, rock music, they, 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 they ain't young in the grand scheme of things, hip-hop is one of the younger genres in especially mainstream music, and you could say as a devil's advocate that because of that, you know, um, it's going to take a while, still, to make sure that the pioneers are taken care of, or or maybe not, because maybe it was a a fault in back in the day when hip hop was on the come up that we didn't hold it tighter. That the hip hop community didn't hold the art form tighter. You know, it is interesting that artists from the 80s and the 70s and I guess the 90s as well still have to do it to put food on the table. And you know, it's not everyone. It's not, it's not everyone, obviously. Uh, MC Shan, I, I'm not gonna assume, like, you know. <laughs> his business practices, but is he a bit, is he a businessman? Probably not. Not as like a, you know, a J or a, a, or a Diddy or even a, even a fat Joe, you know, just something, just something, not even on like J or Diddy's level, like just something like fat Joe, you know, he's still doing things and he's still, you know, he, he probably, I don't think has to tour, you know, he's, he's an actor. I, th- I think he's in um. Uh, what is it? Um, she's got have it season two coming coming in May. So you know he's he's still doing things. He's he's broadening the portfolio, and I think that's the problem. Uh, I think for people like MC Shan, 
it is when you just love to spit bars and you know do shows and nothing else then sure you could say devil's advocate that well mc sean you should have you know just um brought your portfolio a bit more you should have you know get into some sponsorship or whatever you know what i mean on other avenues yeah sure you could say that but this is the th- this this is the argument here the argument he is saying is that he as a musician can't can't rest on his laurels like a Barbra Streisand or a Bruce Springsteen. If you took Barbra Streisand's acting career out of the equation, you know, if we if we stuck it just to music, then it will still be a point where they would be fine. Barbara and Bruce would be fine, and MC Sham wouldn't. Now again, you could say devil's advocate that Barbara Streisand and Bruce Springsteen are obviously way more successful than MC Sean. And you'll you'll factually be right. Monetarily, uh, they, well, yeah, monetarily and, you know, um, mainstream-wise, obviously they're bigger names. And for that, they get given, you know, certain perks. <laughs> But it's uh, it, it, but it is something that is worth thinking about how the legends of hip hop aren't being you know taken care of, and sure they're grown people you know they should they should be able to take care of themselves. But it, the the business the business practices you know of you know MC Sean and. Uh, De La Soul was another example, more, more, you know, recent example. If you haven't seen, you know, uh, if you have, if you haven't seen what's been going on, De La Soul's currently in a dispute. Well, have been in a dispute with Tommy Boy Records, the label that have them, and they own that they own De La Soul's songs. Tommy Boy owns De La Soul's albums. You know, Free Free High and Rising, and and uh, uh, Stakes Is High, like everything. They own most of they own most of their albums, other than maybe two. So they they own their back catalogue anyway, the the ones that everyone knows, such as Three Feet High and Rising. So it is something that was um, I think thrust upon uh, the pioneers of hip hop, where they didn't know. And sure, you can say, well, you should have known. No, 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 you should should have you know shouldn't have trusted these people. No, no, no. And you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Um, it's sad. It's unfortunate. And hopefully, and I'm not even. And I'm well. I'm not hopeful. I'm not hopeful, honestly, because I still believe that there are artists now that are still getting exploited by record labels. And that is another thing I've been thinking about a lot: the business aspect of hip hop and how. Toxic is. I'll probably get into. I'll get. I'll. I'll. I'll probably stop there. To be completely honest, because I'll, I'll, let's, I'll put a pin in that, simply because uh, that is going to get into my uh, life segment, and I don't want to do it right after it. I want to do it last, just because. Uh, so yeah, I'll. I'll leave it at that, and um, 
Well, actually, one more four on MC Sean. Actually, just to fin- just to wrap that wrap this bit up because it is unfortunate, like I said. Um, but I think it's just a, a matter of how his cards were dealt. You know, not all artists from his era, you know, don't have to tour. They, you know, some some people that they don't. Not all of them have to, but. I guess it's just a, I guess it's just one of those things that have to be taken, understood, and you know embrace some parts, but some parts are just some parts of his argument. I admit are just a bit hollow because um, music is one thing, but you know it does it can't be the be all and end all. Like not all artists can be sorted for life you know what I mean some of them still have to do their things now if he was talking about age and the fact that hip hop is con- uh, constantly um, I was going to say currently uh, constantly um, uh, putting down people who are older than I don't know 35 or even 30 for that matter older than 35 most likely you know they, they, uh, some people just, sh- they shun them, and, you know, if, if Big Daddy Kane came, came to touring right now, I'll be there, but obviously I'm in the minority in that fashion, um, but when a, again, a Barbara Streisand, who's a f- similar, uh, similar, um, uh, what is it, similar, um, uh, time, you know, time of, uh, being famous, <laughs> she's headlining British Summertime, you know, I could just be, you could just, you could just say this, um, because it's Barbra Streisand, or you can go deeper than that, so, take, take, uh, take this argument how you will, um, and hopefully I put my, uh, uh, placement forward, uh, hopefully, let's get into some film and TV, uh, talking about British, uh, the, the BAFTA TV Awards 2019, uh, it's coming, and we have the nominations. Now, I'm not going to go fully into this, you know, not really. Some some of them I'll just um, say who's going, and I'm not really going to give a, uh, give a, um, uh, what is the word, um, opinion on it, or, or like who's going to win, who should win, because I'm going I'm gonna to be real with you, I don't watch much TV these days. That's just, that's just how it is, you know, some, most of the time I'm just listening to music, um, and most things I watch are either on Netflix or, um, just stuff I've recorded, uh, downstairs, so, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just how it is, I'm not constantly watching TV like I'd, like I'd like to, um, I've kind of fallen off, you know, with the, I've been listening to music constantly over the past couple of years, and obviously being in university, I stopped watching TV because there was no TV there, and I couldn't be asked to buy one, so, you know, it's just, uh, it's just how it is, and it's just, a uh, you know, extended until now. So, anyway, let's get into it. Best uh, Comedy Entertainment Program. Got Big Nasty Show, uh, Last Leg, League of Their Own, and Would I Lie to You. I wouldn't really mind any of these other than League of Their Own. I think League of Their Own is just the deadest, dead. It's just dead. I used to like it, I used to enjoy it, and then it just got a bit insufferable. Just They just got mm, just a bit too insufferable. They got a bit too big for their boots on that one. Uh, current Affairs, uh, Football's Wall of Silence uh, by Al Jazeera Investigations, slash Channel 4. 
uh, Iran unveiled taking on the Ayatollah's exposure uh, from ITV. Uh, massacre at Bally Murphy, uh, that's from Channel 4. And Myanmar's Killing Fields uh, dispatches Channel 4. Now, I really enjoy dispatches uh, documentaries. I really enjoy those. Uh, I think it's always, always a solid hour of great document, uh, great documentary. I think um, it's actually a staple of our TV landscape right now. I think I think that really a lot because I I remember when dispatches started. Um, how many if, loads of years ago? And you know, it's just uh, constantly been, you know, here and there. And every time I see an advert for it, it's just really. Uh, on point and uh, really for the time and I really appreciate that so um, I haven't watched any of them with that said um, so I'll I'll defer her drama series we've got Bodyguard, Informer, Killing Eve and Save Me now this is a good one I've actually seen at least three of these um, I was going to see Informer but then I just slipped on it um, Bodyguard obviously that was a big uh, social media hit uh, Killing Eve was a great, uh, amazing show. Really enjoyed that. And Save Me was um, a bit underrated, I think. A really underrated show. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I really love Lenny James. I think it's a great writing from him. A great performance from him. And, uh, yeah, I think it's hard to pick. I would go... Uh, I would go Killing Eve. Just for the different flavour it has. Uh, but um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be you know against any of these four women. To be completely honest, I think they're all four good shows. I haven't seen a former like I said, but I've heard good things about it. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind. This is this is the rare the rare um, category in an awards where I actually don't mind any of any of them winning. Huh? Who knew? Uh, okay, entertainment performance. I could not care about this. Uh, Ann and Deck for Ann and Deck Saturday Night Takeaway. David Mitchell, Would I Lie to You? Lee Mack, Would I Lie to You? And Rachel Paris, The Mash Report. I do really enjoy Rachel Paris every time I see her. Uh, I used to watch The Mash Report, but I kind of fell off it. Um, I find her actually a great performer and a great comedian. Uh, comedian so uh, that would be actually be great if she won it. But um, <sighs> It's going to be Ann and Deck in it. It's always, it's always freaking Ann and Deck. Uh, entertainment Programme. Uh, oh, oh, I really don't care about this. Wow. Um, and the text sent that takeaway. Prince Got Talent, uh, Mac McIntyre's Big Show, and Strictly Come Dancing. Continuing on, because I do not care. Uh, factual Series, 24 Hours in A&E, Life and Death Row, Mass Execution, uh, Louis Theroux's Altered States, and Prison. Uh, I haven't seen Prison uh, from Channel 4. Hmm. Yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't even called that at all. That's completely slipped on my radar, but... Um, I think Louis Theroux is always a always a great documentarian. I've always enjoyed Louis Theroux, and uh, I think there's uh, a big fan base for him. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind for Louis Theroux. Twenty Four Hours in A and E is always good. That's uh, a good it's a good uh, casual watch. Uh, I haven't seen Life and Death Row, uh, with in all honesty, but um, I do find those kind of things uh, very fascinating and how people on Death Row think. You know, just knowing that you're Knowing that your time is numbered is is kind of fascinating. All that, that all those kind of things are fascinating. Uh, features: uh, Gordon, Gino, and Fred's road trip. The only reason I know about that is because uh, my mum was watching it one time and she absolutely creased at one point and constantly told me about it. Uh, Great British Bake Off, Mortimer and White House Gone Fishing, and Who Do You Think You Are? Um, I think Who Do You Think You Are is always judged upon who the person is like who who is the person that is 
excuse me, being covered. You know, who is the subject? So, um, you know, everyone was getting hype about that Danny Dyer one and how he's actually royalty. <laughs> yeah, we get it funny. But, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's always a hit and miss show and it's kind of always depends on who is actually being, um, who is being covered there. So, uh, it's, I think that's where it lives and dies. Um, I would just go Great British Bake Off because I just, you know, it's just a, it's just standard and it's, it's standard. It's a great show. It's a, you know, it's fun. Uh, I'll probably go for that personally. A female performance in a comedy program, Daisy Mae Cooper for this country. Is it, is it this country? Uh, um, yeah, this country. Uh, Jessica Hines, uh, there she goes. Julia Davis, Sally Forever, and Leslie Manville for Mum. Now, I've heard of Leslie, Man- uh, Leslie Manville for Mum. I've seen that uh, uh, going around several uh, TV uh, awards. Um, and also Daisy Mae Cooper, I saw her in the Big Nasty show. Did I say who's going to win uh, Ben's Entertainment Performers? Yeah, I was I was gonna go big nasty show by the way, <laughs> just to say, just to throw that out there because I didn't. I was just talking about uh, the other one that I don't watch. Anyway, um, yeah, I've heard of Leslie Manfield's uh, performance. I've heard of that, so um, I guess I don't. I don't have an opinion on who's gonna win, uh, but it'll probably be her. I will go for. I'll go for if I, you know, gave me a shot. Uh, international. This is interesting. Uh, Fifty-four hours. The Gladbeck hostage crisis. Handmaid's Tale. Reporting Trump's first year. Storyville. Uh, the fourth estate. Storyville. Sorry. And Succession. Um. Yeah, I heard about Succession. Uh, didn't really feel it from what I saw from the ads. Didn't. It wasn't really my kind of cup of tea. Uh, Handmaid's Tale is. You know, it's okay. I've, you know, I did watch. Um, I watched a few episodes here and there. Uh, I watched uh, watched some in uni, and I watched a couple afterwards at the same time. Um, you know, it's okay. Uh, I feel like it's one of those shows that would be that would be. It seemed great first season wise, and then once the second season came, I think everyone just got a bit, just fell off. You know, same with similar to Westworld. How you know it was a real spectacle. You know, and uh, it, once it got to the second season, it just fell fell off let's be real so um you know uh, i don't really know i'll probably go reporting trump's first year because that's always you know fascinating when it's well done uh but pff, what do i know uh leading actor benedict cumberbatch patrick melrose patrick melrose uh chance Badermo killed my debt killed by my debt I, I really need to see that actually uh hugh grant uh very english scandal and lucian miss miss amati uh for kiri nah Kiri, yes, I should have watched that. Oh, I had that on. I really was going to watch that. Um, yeah, I, f- I feel, I feel a bit annoyed that I've the, there's two of these shows that I actually need to watch, and I feel like I should have watched, and I haven't yet. Um, Patrick Melrose, I will say, was a great show and a great performance by Ben to come back. So for that, I would say that. But I really want to see Kill by My Debt and uh, Kiri. Kill by My Debt is something that I find very fascinating because it's actually part of a uh, a uh, series that BBC Three have done, like, a, a you know, over the past few years. They did a Kill by My Boyfriend, if any of you saw that. Wow, that was a really... When, how old was that? Um, how old was I when I saw that? Like, 17, I think? It was in that area a few years ago. A, f- a few, few years ago, at least five years. And there was also, I think, a kill by my father, I think, that was the other one. And uh, I think the leading actor, who's the dad, got a, a BAFTA for that as well. So, yeah, these um, these kill by my um, uh, shows that BBC Three have done have been absolutely extraordinary. 
So um, I really want to keep up with that. And uh, you know, Kill by Mad Debt. I saw the I saw the trailer for it and how it's just like the number was in the middle and it kept rising and rising. It, it looked legit and uh, really need to see that. And Kiri, I really wanted to see, but I just fell off. I think it dropped like in the summer. And I was just doing stuff, and yeah, I, I don't know, I, 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 don't, I never have an excuse for falling off for TV, you know, I'm just always doing other stuff, but I really want to watch that and kill by my dad. Uh, leading actress, Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, uh, Kelly, Keely Horse, Bodyguard, Ruth Wilson for Miss Wilson, and Sandra O oh for Killing Eve. Now, if you know my ruling, I would say add another uh, nomination, just to even out the numbers, because there are two Killing Eves here. So, it depends on who you like, um, Sandra O oh or J- Jodie Comer. I think they're both amazing, and I'll probably go for one of those, to be honest. I didn't really rate Keely Hawes' performance that much to give her a factor for it. Um, I'd probably just... I'd, I'd probably go... Y- you can't really pick, because Jodie Comer and Sandra O's oh performances are like, balanced by each other. You know what I mean? It's kind of, if you're going to pick one, you have to pick the other. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who I'd pick. Gun to my head. Sandra O oh, probably. I don't know. But that's cause, probably because she, she has more screen time. But, you know, they're both great performances. Both great performances. Uh, live event. Open heart surgery live. Channel 5. Wow, that's... um. I didn't even know that happened. Okay, Channel Five is going for the going for broke, aren't they? Uh, Royal British Legion Festival of Remembrance, BBC One. Royal Wedding, nope. Stand up to cancer, Channel Four. Um, wow, open heart surgery live. How did that go? <laughs> uh, I won't say. Uh, I won't give any opinion. But um, yeah, that's. Um, I just do <laughs> open heart surgery live. What? What kind of Channel Five, man? Channel Five are the most irrelevant channel. I swear, honestly. London Live have better stuff on. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, male performance in the Cockman D program. Alex McQueen, Sally Forever, Jamie Dimitri for Stathlet's Flats, uh, Peter Muller for Mum, and Steve Pemberton for Inside Number Nine. Now I did watch Stathlet's Flats. It was alright. You know, I I got it. I found it. I found it funny at times, but it got a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. It was it? It was kind of a. It was kind of hit and miss for me personally. But I did. I did. I did like it overall. Uh, probably wouldn't watch it again, to be honest. Like if, if someone went, oh yeah, so I've been to watch first season of Staffless Flats. I'm like, nah, you're good. But um, yeah, it was alright. Uh, I haven't seen the rest, but um, yeah, that's just my opinion on it. Mini series, very English scandal. Kiri, Miss Wilson, and Patrick Melrose. Again, want to see Kiri, and uh, out of the four, I probably pick Patrick Melrose. News coverage, bullying and harassment in the House of Commons, Newsnight, TBC2 uh, obviously, Cambridge Analytica Uncovered, I did watch that, it was enjoyable, uh, Good Morning Britain, On a Knife Edge, and Good Morning Britain, Thomas Markle, uh, just to piss off Piers Morgan, I'd probably just go Cambridge Analytica Uncovered, because I actually did enjoy that, I, that was a very fascinating Channel 4 uh, piece right there. Uh, reality and Constructive Factual, Dragon's Den, I'm a Celeb, uh, Old People's Home for Four-Year-Olds, and Real Full Monty, Ladies' Night. I have no opinion on these. I I I don't watch Dragons Den anymore. Um, they keep switching the people over, and I just I, you know if you you don't watch it unless you don't unless you like the people, you know what I mean? And they just keep changing over, and I'm just like, uh, no, I can't be asked. Uh, scripted comedy, Derry Girls, uh, Mum, Sally Forever, and Stafflet's Flats. Uh, I've heard of Derry Girls. I was actually thinking about watching it, but I just didn't watch it. Uh, from the looks of it, it looks very funny, and I can see why people enjoy enjoy that kind of thing. Uh, um, you know, yeah, I'll probably, if I took a guess, it'll probably be that winning. But um, yeah, the other the other four are respectable, of course. 
short form program, uh, Bovril Pam, uh, snatches moments from a hundred years of women's lives. Okay, interesting. Uh, the mind of Herbert Clunkerdunk. What is this? Missed call and wonder date. What the hell is Herbert Clunkerdunk? That's a real name. Extraordinary, extraordinary. I have no opinion on any of these, but um, that's that's extraordinary. Herbert Clunkerdunk, amazing. A uh, single documentary driven, the Billy Munger story, Gun Number Six, My Dad, Peace Deal, and Me, uh, and School for Stammers. Uh, I did. Did I watch the Driven? No, I did not watch Driven, but I know of Driven. I know the Billy Munger story. Uh, shout to Billy Munger. But um, yeah, uh, no opinion on that. But um, yeah, that's cool. Single drama, Bandersnatch, Black Mirror, Care, Killed by My Debt again, and Through the Gates on on the Edge. Now. <sighs> I can see people going Bandersnatch, um, but I feel like, I don't feel, I feel like you guys didn't enjoy it as much as you say you did, you know, I think it was a novelty thing that, you know, it was cool the first time, and, you know, for people that are true fans of Black Mirror, like, you know, big fans of it, they'll probably did it several times, but, I, I, I don't think, it, I don't think the consensus, um, well, no, I don't think the majority of people that what that uh, tried Bandersnatch enjoyed it as much as they uh, as much as they said they did. I I don't think so. I would go kill by my debt, but obviously I haven't seen it. But um, yeah, that's just the vibe I'm feeling. Um, I I can't be asked to do soaps. I haven't watched soaps in ages. Um, <laughs> I ain't watching soaps. Um, specialist factual. And now I'm going to continue. Sport. Here we go. Sport. I enjoy sport. Um. 2018 Six Nations, Scotland versus England. 2018 World Cup quarterfinal, England, Sweden. England's Test Cricket, Cook's Farewell, and Winter Olympics. Um, I mean, I would just go Winter Olympics because that's two weeks worth of coverage, and to consistently do that is a feat of its a feat in itself. And obviously, one match of Six Nations and a World Cup quarterfinal, uh, you know, from a from a work standpoint, isn't as much as uh, Winter Olympics. So. You know, if they went World Cup overall, then yeah. But they just went Winter Olympics, so you know, and that's two weeks. So I will go for that. Uh, it just goes supporting actor, but for what? For a drama? I assume it's for a drama. I, I guess so. Yeah, supporting supporting actor. I guess for a drama. I assume. Uh, Alex Jennings. I'm forgotten. Ben Wishaw for a very English scandal. Kim Bodina for Killing Eve. And uh, Stephen Graham for Save Me. Save Me. Now Stephen Graham was great in that. Uh, I'll, I'll probably give him that. That was actually a good, he. He was a um. What was he? Was he a paedophile? I think he was that. I think he was a paedophile. And uh, you, you just need to watch Save Me. If just don't 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 get discouraged by the fact I just said Stephen Graham acts as a paedophile. It is actually a very good show. Uh, please watch. Uh, supporting actress uh, Billy Piper for Collateral. Wow, she's still. Well, Billy Piper's still doing things. Big up. Still getting work. It's all good. Uh, Fiona Shaw for Killing Eve, Keely Hawes, Miss Wilson, and Monica Dolan, uh, very English scandal. See, I haven't seen a very English scandal, and I don't like the vibe of that show. You know, I'm not really a fan of those kind of things. Uh, you know, looks wise, I'm just a bit yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all, they're all the same to me. But um, yeah, there's a, they're getting a lot of nominations here. A lot of nominations. Um, I'm gonna go through a couple more just to see. Just I'm just gonna speed through here. Just looking, 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 looking. And there's a lot of um good uh you know uh, specific, uh, what's the word um craft awards. They also have craft awards here, but um I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Um, and there's also Virgin Media's must see moment, which is voted for by the public. Uh, Julie Montague's assassination, bodyguard, coron- 
Coronation Street, nope. Uh, Doctor Who Rosa Parks episode, Killing Eve Stabs, uh, Eve Stabs Villanelle, and uh, Peter K's Car Share, and Queer Eye, Tom Competes His Transformation. Uh, Peter Car Share Finale. No way. It'll probably be Bodyguard. I, I would see, I'd, I can see Bodyguard winning it. I could also see Killing Eve getting there, and also Doctor Who, because Doctor Who still has that clout. But um, yeah, that's, um, you know, that's the BAFTAs, and um, BAFTA TV, I don't know when it's dropping, uh, that's just me being lazy, but um, yeah, uh, let's get into some sport, and uh, yeah, so let's talk about some F1, because it's been a couple of weeks, obviously, we've had the, um, well, been a few weeks, we've had the uh, F1 uh, Australian and Bahrain Grand Prix uh, come come through, and my thoughts on the, I have, I have a few, all my thoughts are actually Ferrari based, believe it or not, I'm not a fan of Ferrari, but um, just where my thoughts are coming from. Uh, the race was great. The Bahrain Grand Prix was great. Really enjoyed it. A thoroughly entertaining race. Um, obviously, peak for Charles Leclerc. Uh, you know, dominate, basically dominating a race, dominated it and uh, had it on lock. And then uh, had a, a, I think it was an energy failure. Uh, MGUK, I think it is. MGUK, uh, you know. Don't, um, don't, don't quote me on that. I might be wrong. But it was like an energy failure. He he freaked out, uh, thinking it was part of the engine. It was on the radio for a couple of laps, going, "What's going on? What's going on, man?" But it was actually, uh, I think, an NG failure. So, um, yeah, he ended up coming in third, saved by a safety car, actually, by the end uh, at the end of the race. Um, and uh, yeah, but this uh, the 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 social media around that when it happened was very jarring to me because. People were going, you, you know, I'm not being, I'm not trying to be cynical, I don't want to sound cynical, but it's, Charles Leclerc is in a Ferrari for the first time this year, okay? He has a long career ahead of him, and a lot of wins coming to him. A lot of wins might come this year, you know? A lot of, a lot of wins might come this season, alright? So to act like he's dying, to act like he crashed, okay? Um, he got third, he got a podium, alright, let's not act like he crashed out, you know, it's not like he had to box and finish the race in the pits, okay, let's not act like he, you know, let's not act like he didn't finish. The way people, the way F1 Twitter was pouring one out for him was actually a bit absurd. You guys need to calm down, okay, you really need to chill out. I get it, I get it, he owned the race for practically, mo- like, 90% of the race, he owned that race, 90% of it, alright, his start was a bit meh, but he came back, he kept it cool, and he do- and he, and he uh, passed Hamilton, passed Bottas, passed Vettel, he did it all, he did the passes that he needed to do, and he led, okay, he led the race, it is unfortunate, but it is motor racing, let's be real, it is motor racing, this happens, okay, shit happens, but the the way people were like pouring pouring their eyes out for him, oh so heartbreaking. No, 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 no. Calm down, calm down. It's okay, you know. Leclerc will have keep his head up. Keep your head up, fam. All right, keep your head up. You will win. You you might win the next race. Who knows? If you win the next race and you lot did all that crying for nothing, he will win. He will win a race this season. I right? guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. Now, if he doesn't, then you can pull one out for him. But you guys acted like it was his last race of his career, and he was like, oh, my God, fairy tale ended. And then, like, no. Stop, stop, stop. 
you know, you guys are putting way too much, way too much stock in this, uh, you know, Charles Leclerc story right here. And in, and as we're talking about stock, right, let's talk about Mick Schumacher right quick. This is a problem I'm finding, right? This is a problem I'm finding with, you know, um, just, just F1 in general, okay? This hype train around Mick Schumacher is a bit worrying. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't watch... You know, Formula 3. I don't watch F2, okay? I will say that straight up. I don't watch any other racing other than Formula 1, okay? I do watch 24 Hour Le Monde when I can sometimes. I, well, I record the highlights because I'm not, I'm not watching 24 hours. But, um, you know, that's the only other racing I actually keep abreast of. You know, I don't know Mick Schumacher's skill, okay? I know he won, I think, Formula 3... 3,000 championship, I think, I think that was last year, and now he's in F2, you know, he's doing his things, I get it, right, just charging my laptop right quick, and, uh, yeah, no, I get it, but, you guys are putting way too much hype into Mick Schumacher, again, I get it, he's a Schumacher, he's direct descendant of Michael Schumacher, uh, a racer that actually got me out of F1 because I was sick of watching him win. It was boring. It was boring. You guys know it was boring. And this is something, you know, just quick segue. Just want to rant a bit. Quick seg, quick segue. I will make it quick. You, you, you guys talk about um, F1 Twitter talks a lot about you know the good old days of of the 2000s where you know the engines were noisy as hell and sounded like cats being shredded. You know. I get it. I get why I get the nostalgia, right? But are you really serious? Are you really, really telling me, right? Are you really telling me that if you watched, like, I don't know, uh, replays of every race from the 2003 season, for example, okay? Watch every race full front to back from lights to flag of the 2003 F1 season. And then go watch the 2016 season, okay? I, I dare you to do that. And tell me that the 2003 season was much more entertaining than the 2016 season. The nostalgia glasses, the rose-tinted glasses that F1 Twitter has, and F1 fans, mo- most majority of them, the, the rose-tinted glasses they have are stupidly absurd, actually absurd genuinely absurd racing's much more fun now the f1 is much more fun now statistically there are more passes happening every season in this era than previously okay it's just fact it's just fact okay you need you guys need to quit with nostalgia it's the same with it's the same with you know most sports to be honest you know there's always there's always old heads going like, oh, you know, the, the, the foot, football in the 80s were, were great, you know, when men were men and, like, we had slight tackles, and, 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 you know, basketball fans do the same thing. Oh, yeah, 90s basketball was great because everyone was, like, trying to beat Michael Jordan and, you know, fouls, and there was hand-checking and, you know, if you got elbowed in the face, you carried on, you, they didn't call fouls back then. Oh, league's too soft. You know, you, you guys need to chill with the nostalgia, Okay. And F1's the most egregious because, 
you could you could say that nineties basketball was more entertaining. You could say that eighties football or nineties football was more entertaining. You know, you can you can make an argument for that. I will argue to the death that two thousands F one and you know throw nineties in there as well was dead. It was dead. Let's be real. It was dead. Now eighties a bit more entertaining. But 90s and especially, especially the early 2000s era that you guys love so much, dead. It was dead, okay? Schumacher won everything. It was not fun. I, I, I don't get it. It was not fun. At least with Hamilton, at least when he wins five titles, it actually there's actually some entertainment going on during the actual season and not just outright domination from the Ferraris and Michael Schumacher. Okay? It's not, it's, it's boring. It was boring. Tirade over. So let's talk about Mick Schumacher right quick, because you know, I, where's the where's the love from uh, Emerson Fittipaldi's uh, grandson? Where's he? Where's the hype for him? Because I feel like it's very one-sided here, where it's just like, oh, he has Schumacher in his name. So let's um let's give him a Ferrari test drive seat and an Alfa Romeo test seat. Do we even know if he's good or not? You know, I'm not. I'm not. Hey, hey, I'm not shooting shots. I'm not shooting shots. Again, I don't watch. I don't watch the lower. You know. Leagues, you know the lower, um, the lower tiers of re- of mo- of single seater motor racing. I said, okay, I'm not, I'm not into that, okay. But I'm just asking, does he really deserve two test seats and basically a fast track to the F1, or are you just doing it because he has Schumacher in his name, and the F1 will get and and that will get bums on seats for F1, uh, you know, marketing. Is this a marketing ploy? Because I kind of feel like it is. I feel like it really, really is. He has Schumacher on the name. Let's plaster it everywhere. Let's plaster it all over IG, all over Twitter, all over Facebook. Let's plaster it everywhere. Mick Schumacher, Schumacher, the son of Schumacher, the son of the goat. Let's just do that. I can see you lot. I can see you lot. And I'm not really, I'm not really feeling it. I want, I, if he, now, if he does make it to the F1... Big up, big up. I'm up for him coming through, but I just feel like there's a bit of um, a bit of fast track, a bit of uh, a bit of privilege coming through here. Just saying, you know, if you want to shoot me down, you can shoot me down if you like. But I'm just getting a sniff. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying what I'm smelling, and I'm smelling, uh, I'm, uh, and I'm smelling some uh, fast tracking. I'm smelling some privilege. <laughs> yep, that smells. That smells like privilege. Just saying. Okay, so, uh, you know, hopping back to MC Sham, obviously he mentioned shady business practices, and that's where I left it. So, this is where, this is where we get into the live segment and talk about Nipsey Hussle. So, um, let me give you kind of a chronological thing of what was, uh, what was going on in my head, right, because... Before he, before he, um, before he passed, before the news came out, right? This is I was thinking about the business aspect of hip hop and music in general, and how toxic it is. You know, there are people, there are people that are, um, like MC Sean that have been left for dead, kind of, you know, in the way left to fend for themselves. And I can't help. But think not in MC Shan's case, but I can't think. I can't help but think in some in other cases 
that, like, you know, similar to De La Soul, uh, where hip-hop business has taken a stranglehold on hip-hop as a culture. It's got it on a conveyor belt. It's got it in a... um, It's got it in a uh, a cage. And just milking it for all it's worth. That's how I see it sometimes. That's how I constantly see it, actually. Not not even sometimes. I constantly see it like that. Whenever I hear a... Like a hip-hop business story. Or, you know, someone getting signed. Or, you know, someone disputing something. Or about their masters. I kind of think about that. And... And then it came to Nipsey Hussle, who, who I found, who once I, you know, I only got into Nipsey Hussle last year uh, with Victory Lap, you know, and I really enjoyed that album. So music-wise, that was the first, that was that was you know I was obviously late in the grand scheme of things. I was late music-wise, but. I think something we've learned, we we are learning, uh, in the you know in the days since he died, is that he was a blueprint for how to navigate this hip hop business properly, or to how to navigate this business, uh, this hip hop business, with your soul intact. You know there are other methods. Obviously, you can you, obviously signing to a label isn't the worst thing in the world. You know. Uh, sometimes, sometimes it works. Sometimes it really does work. And uh, big up for artists that manage to, you know, get out alive, so to speak, and you know, not be suffocated by it. But he had, he owned all his masters. He did music for a high, for a bigger purpose, and that's why people are saying that his death is bigger than rap. Because he was bigger than his music. He was doing things... He was doing music. He was doing great music. If you haven't listened to Nipsey Hussle, amazing West Coast artist. One of the best in the West Coast in the past 10 years. But that wasn't him. That wasn't, you know, that wasn't just... That wasn't... That wasn't his main steez. I saw a video, you know, after his passing. Obviously, I saw a lot of videos. But, um... I saw one where he was, he looked super young. It looked like early 2000s, okay? And he was being asked, like, what does he, paraphrasing, like, what does he want, basically? And he was like, I want to invest in real estate. I want to invest in real estate, you know, and, you know, invest and start businesses, you know, etc., etc. And I find that, and I found that extremely fascinating. And extremely inspiring. Where I do sometimes get disillusioned by looking at some hip-hop artists and, you know, them flexing on for, for no reason. Like, they just they just flex. And, you know, while it's cool... Uh, Actually, a friend, a friend, a friend told me there's like there's there's like two types of flexing. There's flexing to inspire, which I feel like it's something that you know you can throw Nipsey Hussle in, where you know he didn't flex the fact that he had you know a house or you know or a car or whatever. He flexed the fact that he had businesses. He flexed he flexed on the fact that he had you know he was helping his community 
buying back the block, buying back his community bit by bit. He flexed that. And that's that inspirational flex. But then there's also that hollow flex that we all know. And we all, for some reason, don't find corny anymore. You know, just people like, um, actually, I'm not going to name names because you can, you can, you can take a guess who I'm talking about. But you know, chains on my neck. Oh, look at these chains I got. Oh, look at this ice. I'm dripping. It's hollow. It really is hollow. And that's what, and that's what makes me. And you know, that's what makes me think about what we've lost in Nipsey Hussle. The fact that this man was a person that did it right. Actually, I won't say did it right, but did it in the best possible, and did it in the best possible way, and in the most inspiring way. Where he had that mindset of investing from day one. Think about that, right? Think about that for a minute, right? Think, imagine if, imagine if the pioneers, right, of hip-hop, imagine if they had that, you know, um, obviously they didn't, they couldn't have the foresight of how big hip-hop would grow, and I feel like that's where MC Sean and people like those fall by the wayside, because they didn't see this coming, you know, and I think, and I think if you asked MC Sean that, he would probably, he would, he well, I'd hope he'd agree because in that mo in in that time, hip hop was you know bubbling up. You know, it was a New York, it was New York centric. Let's be real, and you know you, you didn't get that much money from it. You know, you could you could flex, but you didn't get that much money from it. I don't think they saw the pioneers, especially saw hip hop as that. As a potential to be the biggest genre in US music. And one of the biggest genres of music in the world. One of the most influent, in my mind, the most influential culture in the past 50 years. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Okay? In the grand scheme of things. Now, but imagine this. Imagine if everyone, now, now, right? I'm not even talking about then. Talk about now, right? Imagine if artists coming through had Nipsey Hussle's mindset. Or even Jay-Z's mindset, okay? Imagine if they had that mindset of, I, I've got money. I'm good now. But let me put something back into the community. And, you know, a lot of artists do that. But I'm talking about on the level that Nipsey Hussle was doing it. You know, where he was literally trying to buy back the block. You know, and uh, I actually found some, actually found um, uh, some lessons that was uh, kind of fascinating. On what he did, basically, let's talk about this. So, this is by um, uh, KZMW. He created this via Twitter. Um, Number one, Hustlenomics. It says, uh, you will learn all the secrets to the game on your way up. Most folk want to skip the process, but when you skip steps, you miss the lessons. That's a life lesson right there, because, you know, I do find that, uh, I do I do have that feeling sometimes where I'm just like, oh, let me just, let me just make it right now. Let me just do it. Let me just, let me just make it, you know? But if you skip the steps, you don't, you'll, you'll, you will get caught out at some point. You'll get caught out and you'll fall, you'll fall, you'll fall quicker. 
the 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 sturdier the steps, the hard, the easier the uh, the easier the you know the peak will be. You know what I mean? The so, the more solid the stack you make, you know the 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 sturdier it will be when you stand up on it. You know, uh, number two on turn up versus own up. This is again. This is what I'm talking about with flexing. It isn't cool to be in the club spending all this money or having cars or jewelry, but you don't own any real estate. A fourplex. If the answer is no, you're not a real hustler. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I. This is what we've. This is what we've lost, right? In a person. Um. I, I was gonna. I was gonna say something a bit bad there, but yeah, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> I'll stop there. Um. Number three, entrepreneurship. And this is something that you know a lot of artists are doing now, and I actually kind of respect. But there are levels. There are levels to entrepreneurship. You know, there's there's there's, there's such a thing as like you know getting sponsored or stuff like that. But you know, start a business, stuff like that. That's something that's needed. That's something that's needed. Uh, the new mindset is we don't want advances. Uh, we want equity. We don't want one-off endorsements. We want ownership. There you go. One-off endorsements. A little sponsorship. You know, a little ad here and there. No, no, no. Ownership. Ownership, that's the thing. That's the key. Number four, black capital. Business models uh, are built around our cultural currency. They develop the platform, implement structure, and bring us in to raise value. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about the hip-hop industry right now, where, you know, they're just taking it. They're building They're building it around our cultural currency. They're taking our hip-hop as a cultural currency and squeezing it. And putting it in the stocks. Oh, trap beats work? Alright, let me get like 10 trap artists and sign them to a record deal. Money. And it's off us. It's off It's off the artists. It's off our culture. How about creating a platform where it is our culture? And, you know, thinking about this right now, actually. It has actually kind of opened my eyes to what Tidal is. You know, I kind of, in the past few years, I have, I, I think I even wrote an article about Tidal, actually, um, in a negative light. And, you know, thinking about it now, the fact that Jay-Z, you know, has a stake in it is kind of inspirational and I kind of respect now, in hindsight. And it's kind of something I kind of regret, you know, trying to regret shitting on now. Because I saw Tidal as a... Um, as a for the as a for the artist thing and not for the pe- and not for the listener kind of thing but I feel but then again if you support the artist then you should you know put in money if you really support them then you know buy hard copies look into Tidal because out of all the streaming services Tidal pay the artist the most and that's just a fact um, so in that in that vein, I kind of regret, you know, shitting on Tidal. Um, but yeah, that is something that is needed. That is something that's necessary. Uh, breaking the chains, number five. Own the supply chain from production to consumption. People take shots at Jay-Z, but he's the first black artist to have a verti- vertically integrated business model where he owns the whole chain. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly what I'm talking about. Number six, creating value. I released 100 mixtapes and charge a 1,000 for each because I understood the economic principle of scarcity. This, the profit funded by my, uh, funded by independent label. See, that's, um, that's something that is very, um, 
hard. This one's very hard because if you're a person with no money and you're around people with no money and you're asking them to support your work, I mean, I ask people to support my work for free and sometimes they don't do it. You know what I mean? And then what if I create an album and then I charge them a, th- a thousand for it? I highly doubt any of you will buy it. That's just how, that's just how it is sometimes. So I'm, in that case, in that vein, I'm very cynical because I'm trying to do something here, obviously, with a podcast network and a website. And obviously, I'm not putting you know the biggest effort in a website as he did with his independent label. But I feel like on a podcast perspective, I'm putting in effort, and you know, it's not asking for much. He asked for a thousand quid for his for his mixtape. Regardless if it was good or not. I'm just asking you to listen to a podcast. <laughs> so, you know, in that case, I'm kind of cynical. But I do understand that. I do understand that logic. And the last one is own, uh, owning real estate. I own I own the block where I used to hustle from 8am to 10pm. I hustled, then I rented. Now me and David Gross own, will own in Crenshaw. And that's just the, that's, that's the final thing. And I'll leave it there. And... It is sad, you know, the fact that Nipsey Hussle was gone. But in but in that, um, hopefully, we'll breed ten more Nipsies. Hopefully, hopefully, with the seed he's the seeds he's planted here, with the videos people have shared, with the testimonies people have given to him, to him about him. Hopefully, that inspires someone. To do the same. Support your people man. Support your people. Support yourself and support your people. And with that said. That's been most Good. Episode 20. Well, we're in 20 now. We're in the 20s. <laughs> Catching up to my. Getting past my age. Um, but yeah. Thanks for listening. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, the 5th element. The 5thelement.org.uk If you want to read any of the articles. That I have given. Uh, on this on this episode, uh, however you're listening, wherever you're listening, I thank you very much once again. If you want to hit me up on any uh, in any way, whether it's to shit on me about Mick Schumacher or talk to me about Nipsey Hussle, I appreciate that conversation. I appreciate that dialogue. If you want to do that in any form or fashion, you got the email, you got the Twitter, you got the Instagram, you got the Facebook. However you want to do it, please do so. Do not hesitate. We'll be back next week, as always. It's been uh, from the Fifth Element Podcast Network. I have been Charlie Taylor. This has been What's Good. Have a good week, everybody. RIP Nipsey Hussle. Take it easy, ladies and gentlemen.